Welcome to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. After 13 years as a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, I'm here to answer your questions and teach you what I know about the great masculine and feminine dance and how you can create the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships on the planet. Welcome back to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. In last week's episode, I filled you in on the new name change and why we are going back to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. And so again, this is going to be a blend of advanced relational concepts as well as answering listener questions, discussions, and interviews. So today I'm going to be diving in and talking about a concept and then Bryce is going to join me and together we're going to answer a listener question. If you are listening and you would like to ask a relationship question, we would love to hear it. So you can go ahead and email me at jenny at advancedrelationshipacademy.com. Send in your question. Give us a little bit of context. We can keep it anonymous. And we just really, really love answering the listener questions, tapping in and talking about how the concepts that we're teaching actually apply in real life in the moment to the things that you're working on. So advanced relationship is not a destination. Advanced relationship is a lot more like a yoga practice or a martial art practice. While there are certain places you can get to, certain levels, certain poses, the idea is that it's really a practice and that it's in doing the work that you experience more and more of what you really want. It's in doing the yoga practice that you can do more and more poses. It's in doing the work that you can move into deeper and deeper levels. So the idea here is that while there are outcomes that you can work towards, that if you really want to have consistently have an advanced relationship life with consistent advanced relationship outcomes, then you're going to need to do the work. So welcome, welcome here. I'm so excited. And if you want to go deeper into your own work, if you're interested in the relationship mastery course that we offer, if you're interested in coaching, please go check out the website. There's a great free webinar there that will go over the foundation of everything I teach all of my private clients. And you can find all of that at advancedrelationshipacademy.com. So go check that out and we just would love to stay connected. Um, Also, you can also check out our private Facebook group at Advanced Relationship Podcast Community. So that's another great way to stay connected to Facebook Lives and things that we're going to be doing more and more as we dive in and start to really reach more people. Our goal is to help people who want to do advanced relationship work, who want to get the advanced relationship outcomes. Our goal is to bring you a practice that really works, to talk about how Bryce and I are using it, to talk about how we're using it with clients, and to talk about you know what's what are the outcomes that are coming from that. So um, today I'm going to talk about an advanced relationship concept called projection. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I see it at the core of so many of the disconnection moments I experience in my relationship with Bryce, as well as in my relationship with friends and family members. And also I see it so frequently in the struggles that clients are having with each other. So today I wanna talk a little bit about this concept, help get it into your mind, get it into your awareness so you can start to watch for it. I found a definition online and I'm going to just read this definition and then I'm going to change the definition a bit and tell you um, how I would adjust that just a bit, but I do like some aspects of the basic definition here. So the idea is that 
in, in psychology work, psychological projection is a defense mechanism that people subconsciously employ in order to cope with difficult feelings or emotions. Psychological projection involves projecting undesirable feelings or emotions onto someone else rather than admitting to or dealing with the unwanted feelings. So I liked this definition in some ways because it really just talks about how it is a defense mechanism, which I have found to be true, that it's most often used subconsciously. So 99.99% of the time when I see people projecting it's subconscious, unconscious, the more you start to do the work, the more you're going to be able to see it happening in the moment. So there are times when I'm projecting and I'm aware enough to know that I'm projecting and I'm not necessarily aware enough yet to understand what's under it and to communicate that instead. So I will continue to project out of the habit of projecting. So it's not always completely subconscious, but again, I would say for 99.99% of the clients I work with, it is subconscious or unconscious because they haven't, they haven't employed or they haven't used a relational practice over time where they could be aware of that. But over time, we can start to become more aware of it. Even when it does become more in our awareness, I've never seen anyone, ultimately, I've never seen projection be used to harm. So it can feel like that when you're in a relationship, like someone's projecting onto me and they're doing it maliciously. And in my experience, even if it appears that way, there's something else going on under the surface. Okay, so I'm just going to say that and kind of leave that there. That may not be super important for those of you listening because what those of you listening are going to want to understand is just what this is. So the thing that I would change about this definition is that it's not just difficult feelings and emotions we project, meaning it's not just negative feelings and emotions. I would say it's anything that's outside of our current capacity and that could be positive or negative. So sometimes we feel a really big positive feeling and what will happen is we will project it out. And I'll give an example of that here in just a minute. So it could be positive or negative emotions that we project onto another person. Now, we can also project onto experiences. We can also project project onto objects. We can project onto animals. We can project onto like a role or a... Um, like an identity that's not necessarily a person. So projection is actually can be quite complex and it can sometimes be hard to identify because it can happen in so many ways, in very, very subtle ways, and obviously in more blatant ways. So here are some of the things that we do project and let's work with people specifically right now, imagining that you're working on some relational issue with a, with a spouse, a loved one, a family member, um, yourself. So let's just say for right now we're working with people and here are some of the things that we can project onto people. You can project onto people your feelings, positive or negative, your thoughts, positive or negative, behaviors, positive or negative, motivations, positive or negative, and your desires. So one of the things that happens is when we are projecting onto someone else, it is palpable energetically. And Kids can feel projection. I, I think even if you don't know what projection is, when someone's projecting onto you, 
you'll usually kind of feel something will feel off. It will feel misaligned in some way. The connection itself will start to break and it might be very, very subtle. And you may have experienced that projection from other people in such a way that you don't even acknowledge the break in the alignment or the connection. You sometimes will pretend to be staying aligned with someone, even though the projection's happening and you're actually starting to experience energetically you're starting to experience a bit of a disconnect. So I'm going to give an example here. And this example happened, this was something that happened last year. And it was New Year's Eve time. And I had said to Bryce a couple of times, I would love to do a death meditation for New Year's Eve. I've never done one for New Year's Eve, but it sounded kind of interesting. And I thought maybe it'd be a good way to know, practice letting go of the old, bringing in the new, just a chance to experience ritual and connect with other people. So I was feeling kind of excited about this idea, but I didn't ever do anything to materialize it, to make it happen. And about, I don't know, a week or so before New Year's, I had a text from a friend come through and she said, hey, I haven't heard back from you. Are you planning to attend the death meditation that I am doing? And I was, I texted her, I said, I don't think I saw an invitation. And she said, oh, maybe I left you off. So she sent me the info and it was sort of this synchronistic feeling moment. It was this moment where I felt this experience of this thing I had really, really wanted. And I didn't end up taking the initiative to create it, but I kind of generated the desire over time. And then it manifested through my friend, who had never done a death meditation or led one that I had ever been to, um, creating this experience on New Year's Eve, the day that I had wanted to have the experience of a death meditation. So, so it was a very exciting moment for me in the sense that I just kept thinking, this is what I said I wanted to do. And now it's happening. I felt very excited. And I remember going out to brunch with some friends on New Year's Day and people were asking what everyone had done on New Year's Eve. And I was trying to share how excited I'd been that I'd wanted to do this death meditation, but I hadn't planned it. And then someone else planned it. And then it happened. And it was so interesting because I noticed after a period of time, I thought, why? Why is it I keep sharing this story with different people and they ask and I get all this energy inside of me and I feel so excited and I'm sharing this story. And then I'm continually left with this feeling of like, like it feeling kind of like it's falling flat. So I'm sharing this story and it's feeling like it's falling flat. And it may even be happening in this moment as I'm sharing on the podcast. So there may still be some projection happening even in this moment. And you can just watch for that. You can just notice if my story's falling flat for you at all. So one of the things I started to realize is that what's happening in this moment is I'm having a hard time holding the energy of this experience. I'm having a hard time holding and feeling the feelings of joy and amazement that I experienced around this experience. And in order to cope with that difficulty, I am telling the story to others and I am attempting to get others to mirror back to me the feelings I want to be able to feel about this experience. Even though I'm energetically sharing it with others, I'm actually not tapping into the feelings of the experience itself. 
And this is where anytime you feel a high or a low, you just pay attention because that's when you're going to be most prone to project because that's when you're outside of your capacity on some level, your intimacy capacity, you're a little bit off balance because it's not, you might be on the edge. So it might be sort of close to your capacity, but it's a bit on the edge. So you're a bit out of balance and that's going to put you into a high state or a low state. And it's going to lead to often projection in relationships. So the reason I'm sharing all of this is because I want you to know that it's okay if you're in a relationship and something quote good seems to be happening, your partner's sharing a positive and yet you are feeling disconnected. And I'm not necessarily saying they are projecting, they may or may not be, but anytime you are feeling disconnected, you know that on some level you are you are attempting to integrate with another person from a bit of a masked state where you are withholding from yourself or another person some emotional experience that needs to be felt, seen, acknowledged, etc. And one of the symptoms of that, one of the the ways that, that we often deal with that is through projection. So a few other th- ways that this that you can start to tell if this is happening. Anytime you're believing, if only my partner would do this or that, then I could have the love I want. Then I could have the support I want. Then I could finally feel understood. Then I could finally get the appreciation I want. Anytime you're believing that, you are projecting. That doesn't mean that you don't prefer that your partner support you, love you, understand you, et cetera, et cetera. And in my experience, once I identify what the projection is and I can really tap into the actual feelings that are going on, the emotional experience that's under the surface and the need that's there, then once it happens and I acknowledge that I can actually attend to that need, then what I find is in my experience with Bryce, he'll often really start to open up there. Or with my family or my friends, they'll start to really open up there. Because the truth is people want to support you. They want to love you. They want to appreciate you. They want to give to you and most people don't want to be projected onto. Once they've done their own work and they understand projection better, then they may not mind so much that you're projecting because they're going to be able to understand what's happening and they won't pressure themselves into meeting your projection. But but in the beginning, most people will not want to be projected onto. So if you want to create the kind of relationship life that you want, it will benefit you to begin to understand projection, where you project, and to begin to understand where others are projecting onto you. So that's all I'm going to say about that today. We may come back to this. I may come back to this in future episodes and go deeper into examples. And today, Bryce and I are going to answer a question. So what I'll also do as we go into the question is I'm going to bring in this idea of projection and how it can fit into the question that we'll be going over specifically. Okay, so I now have Bryce here. He has joined me. I'm here. You want to read the question today? Sure. So the question is, after going through a divorce and being single for going on two years now, I'm thinking of dating again. And after going through three years of counseling during and after the divorce. I have a friend that I adore and would like to date, but I don't know how to approach him. He is also divorced and doesn't have a girlfriend. Do I drop a hint? Question mark. 
He isn't into games or drama, same as me. Do I tell him I'm interested in dating or more than just friendship? I'm not sure how to get out of the friend zone. LOL. Also, I live in Florida. He lives in Texas. Well, first off, yes, it seems complicated when you guys live in different places and you've both been through a divorce and you're already friends. So there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which pieces feel most complicated to you? The distance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it's a huge investment to even see each other. And at some point, you want to live in the same place. So how much time do you have and how much are you willing to invest, even if you are both interested in seeing each other before you, one of you needs to make a decision to move to be next to the other one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe the benefit of being friends in this situation is you do already know each other. So maybe there's enough background or history that if you both did want to date, um, you would feel comfortable moving into a relationship and making that decision in a more timely manner. So there is that benefit of, of having maybe been friends for a while, depending on how well you actually really know each other. Yeah, and I'm working actually with a couple women now who are in a very similar situation where there's a friend that they have feelings for and they're not sure if the man feels this way and they're kind of dancing around it and they're dropping hints and playing all these quote-unquote games a bit and maybe in their mind to try to sort out if he is interested in them. So I think one of the first things that you want to notice is what stops you from just being honest right up front. Yeah. And what would honesty look like from your perspective? Like how could a woman say to a man, I have, I have feelings or I want to date? Are you interested? Yeah, I think it could be as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's... And I was working with a woman recently. I was pointing out, look how perfectly you're really trying to get this. And or you think that the way that you say it is what's going to be the deciding factor between him saying yes or no. That's just not the case. You can say it in a lot of different ways. You can say, I'm interested in dating. I have feelings for you. I find you attractive. I think we really click. I don't really know what it would lead to. I feel kind of scared sharing. Whatever it is, that's not the issue of how you say it. It's you're going to find out really quick if he has the same feelings for you or not. Yeah, I like that. So letting yourself kind of release the pressure that you have to figure out how to say it the right way in order to get him interested in you. Exactly. That it's really just an opportunity to show up honestly and authentically, however you want to say that. And just letting them know that. And I think more direct is better in this situation because there could be ways in which you could kind of mention it and kind of sugarcoat it to where it could be confusing on his end. So coming out straight out the gate and saying, yeah, I'm interested in trying to date and I don't know what that looks like. I have feelings for you. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I really like that. If you don't speak up honestly, then you're holding a lot of energy And I think this would maybe even go back to the concept that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, which is projection. And so it's easy for us to project our desires onto other people. And so you may find yourself in conversation with him, hoping that he's going to want the same thing you want without just saying like, here is what I want. And then letting, letting him do with that what he will. And you can still make decisions about how you want to move forward in the friendship, but it can be tricky if you're waiting 
Yeah, and I get the complexity here because at least with the woman I was working with last week, it was, well, I'm afraid that if I bring it up, I'm going to lose all connection with them. I'm going to scare them away. It's going to get awkward or weird. And so I'll actually lose a really close friend by bringing this up. So I'll actually get even less of what I want because I enjoy the connection that we have as friends, but I want a little bit more and I'll actually, he'll just completely bail. Yeah. So what would you suggest to a woman in that situation? Yeah, I suggested the same thing. It was yeah. to be honest. And and I had her write down a list of what it's costing her to not bring it up. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how she wants to show up in a relationship anyways, which is honest and transparent. And so if she's not able to do that in the friendship, it's going to be hard to do it in the relationship. You have to lead with what the way that you want to be up front. Yeah, and I really, really like that. If you're showing up really honest, yes, you're going to repel some people with your honesty or your desires, but you're going to draw in, by the same token, the types of people that want honesty and that really do want to be in a relationship with you and appreciate you as you're showing up. Exactly. And that's a really, really important piece to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think also, and I don't know context with this question asker's situation, But predominantly men are the chasers. So a lot of times when I see a woman that's pining after a man and we are able to look at it more objectively, the nuts and bolts, how he's really showing up, there are a lot of cues that he's not interested. A lot of times if men are interested in a relationship, they're going to put off some strong cues or they're going to say it, they're going to make advances. So if a lot of time has gone by and they haven't, Sometimes they flat out said they're not ready for a relationship or so it's, I think you really need to step back and look at his behavior objectively too. Yes. Yep. And even if that's the case, because I I actually believe that's true in my experience, that in all of those cases where I was pining, the man wasn't interested back in the same way I was. And what I found is that me speaking up and acknowledging my truth really ultimately led to opportunities for us to be deeper friends or for it to end. Because there were situations where I realized I actually don't want to just be friends. Like that's actually not feeling good. Mm -hmm. And then there were some where being honest actually deepened the friendship. It helped me to let go of that attachment to the idea of dating and just helped us to be more genuine friends. So it really ultimately is a gift to you to share yourself honestly even if the truth is he's not interested. Yeah, it really is both. It's looking at it objectively and speaking up honestly because you wouldn't want to just be guessing all the time if you have a real desire there, you want to be speaking up. But also as far as your fantasy may go, it's helpful to to really look at it from all angles. Yeah. Because there could be a fantasy there. You know, coming off a divorce and you've been friends, it makes sense that you want to get into the dating game and that, of course, like some a man that you already have a strong connection to is the one who's in the front of your awareness and who you might want to consider dating. So I get it, especially with these times, the virus situation. It's like, I don't even know how people date at this point. And so, yeah, I just feel for everyone out there that's looking for love because this is a a really tough time to be doing it. And hopefully it's a chance to continue to do your own work because also one thing you want to keep looking at is why... After having gone through a divorce, after going through counseling, watch how much energy is going towards this potential. Because since he does live in a different state and you don't know if he is also interested, 
you know, just pay attention to how much energy is going there. I'm guessing by sharing with him how you feel, that's going to help free up some of that energy for you. But ultimately, you're going to want to use that energy in places where it can really bring you the thing you're wanting, which is a great long-term relationship with someone who wants to be in a relationship with you as much as you want to be in one with them. Yeah, and it'll also tell you where your values are because if you're hanging out in this place of like being single and there's guys you like, but you're not really ready to talk to them, that could be a, a signal that you're not really ready for a relationship. Because I think I see when people are really ready and they get really clear on their values and they want honesty and they want security and they want someone who's going to show up for them on a daily basis. When someone isn't doing that, it's like, nope, next, nope, next. This is what I want. Can you do it? Okay. If not, next. Yeah. So that's feeling good for me here. How's it going for you? It's good. Yeah. Keep sending in your questions. We'll keep answering them. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.